0: To meva mata chapitat to meva, to meva bandus chasakat to meva, to vidya dravinam to meva, to mamadeva teva, Sri Dakshinamurti Murti Sudeshikendram, Dwipayanam Sutrakratam Munindram, Sri Shankaram Bhashya Kratam मध्येशी कन्चापी नमः मिवित्ये ओम नमो ब्रह्मा दिव्यो ब्रह्मविद्या संप्रदायकर्त्र ब्यो वंशरिषिब्यो महत्यो नमो गुरु ब्या सर्वोपपलवरहितप्रज्ञान गन्ह प्रत्येकर्तो ब्रह्माइवा <coughs> ओम पार्था ये भगवता स्वयं व्यासे नक्रतितां पुरान मुनिना मध्ये महाभारतम् अध्वैता मृत वर्षिनीम भगवतीम अष्टाद शाध्या इनीम। अंबत्वामन नमोस्तुते व्यास विशाल बुद्धे उल्लार विंदायत पत्रनेत्र प्रज्वालितो न्यानमायफ प्रदीप प्रपन्न पारिजाताय ये तो त्रवेत्रिक पान ये न्यानमुद्राय श्रीकृष्णा गीता मृतदूहे नमः सर्वोपनिषदो गावो दुग्धा घोपालनं दना है पार्तो वत्स सुदीर्घोक्ता दुग्धम गीता मृतम महत् वसुदेवा सुतम देवम devaki paramanandam krishnam bande jagadgurum bhishma drona tata jayadratajala gandhara nilotpala shalya grahavati kripena vahani karneena velakula ashwattam vikarna gora makara duryodana vartini कई बार तक हके शब्ह पारा गीतार्त घंटोत कटम नाना क्यानक केसरम हरिकता संबोधनाबोधितम् लोके सज्जनशर्पदही राहरा पेपीयमानमुधा भूयात भारतपंक्तजम कलिमल प्रग्बम सिनश्रेयसे। Mukam karoti vachalam, pangum langayate girim, yet krupa tamaham vande paramananda madavam, yam brahma varunendra rudra marutaha, stunbanti divya istavaihi, veda isanga padakramo panishadaihi, gayanti yam samaga, dhyana vasthita tatkatena manasa, Pashyanti yam yo Yasyanthamnavidusura om krishnaya <coughs> Pranams everyone, we are doing the 13th chapter, sloka number 8 to 12, of which we had completed sloka number 8 and 9 in the previous classes, we are doing sloka number 10 in the last class. Shri Bhagavanu Vacha Asakti Rana Bishwangaha Putradharagrihadishu Nityam Chasamachit tatvam Ishta Nishto Papati Shu. So we had seen Asaktihi, then Anabhikshangaha, and so Asaktihi we saw as basically detachment. That I own them, they belong to me, that feeling is Saktihi or the attachment to come out of that feeling. And how do we come out of the feeling? To understand that all relations are temporary and I am only a trustee. I don't own them. I am not their owner. That feeling has to be there across everything. Everything that we call that to be mine. We have to have that feeling that I am only a trustee. Bhagawan is the owner, I am only a trustee. Then, Anabishvangah, this self-identification, the feeling of I, that I we extend it beyond our body also, especially around things around, Bhagawan says here, Putra, Dhara, Griha, Dishu, etc. Disha means, Dishu means, etc. here. So, with regards to our children, with regards to the spouse, with regards to the house and possessions, we consider them to be part of me and that actually creates problems for us and for them as well because we lose objectivity and we give stress. So, we have to and how we can get out of this feeling First of all, understand that everything comes out of karma. All relations are based out of karma. And then we don't create them. It is Bhagwan. We are not, we are just instruments in everything. So that is, then Bhagwan says, "Nityam cha samachit tattvam ishta nishta upapattishu. Ishta anishta upapattishu. So basically being equanimous in all things, in both favourable and unfavourable situations. And we saw how do we do that? By having a prasada buddhi, that that whatever I get from this world is all Ishvara's prasada. this we have we had seen halfway through, so we had seen that what is the how do we do that? Nityam chasamachittatvam, nityam chasamachittatvam. At, at all situations we have to be equanimous. And what is that acceptance? Acceptance is acceptance without resistance, acceptance without any grumbling, acceptance without any murmuring. Acceptance is a very important attitude to develop. In life, most of the situations are choiceless situations, and we have to learn to accept them. How do we know whether it is a choiceless or a situation where we have a choice? We cannot be sure on that. Wherever Wherever it is possible, but certain things are very easy to understand our you know death for example is a choiceless situation we have to accept whenever things happen. anything that has happened in the past is a choiceless situation because we can't go back in the past and change things. and any situation that comes in the present wherever there is a possibility to attempt we should attempt and if it is if even after attempt we are not able to change it we will have to accept them. And what will happen if I if I don't have this acceptance? <clears throat> then what happens? I will not be able to be in control of situations. The situations will drive my mind. My mind will be constantly agitated. I will not be... I will not have control over things that I should be doing. Just like I get to decide what I eat for my breakfast or my lunch and others, I should also be the person who decides on how my mind should be. But unfortunately, if we don't have this attitude of acceptance, we will let the world decide on how the my mind will be. And when, the, when that kind of mind is there, the mind becomes agitated and with an agitated mind I will not be able to spend time on anything purposeful, anything productive, let alone dwelling time on shastras or you know be on the spiritual path. So acceptance is a very important attitude. And how can I achieve it? We had seen this in, in the Introduction to Vedanta series also, Prasad-Buddhi. The, these values that we are talking about are all attitude level changes. These are not karma. These are not cha- things that we can do on a daily basis. These are attitude that we will have to bring into our personality. So, two things. One, it become it is very subtle so it's not very evident for others definitely even for us this change will be very slow but we will have to reflect on what we are doing how we are reacting to understand where we are and take necessary steps to change it so to develop this attitude of acceptance i have to first develop an attitude of prasada buddhi Prasada buddhi is basically accepting as, accepting things as Ishvara's prasada. When we receive prasada from a temple, when, a, when we go to the temple and tirta prasada is given to us, then we what we do, is we immediately take the tirta prasada to our eyes, to actually make sure that we actually take that with humility and with respect and with devotion and then we sip it directly from our palm at that time we don't complain on whether that you know it is too cold too warm too tasteless it is sugary salty we don't give any kind of comment in fact whatever be it we will actually feel blessed to have it in the same way if we are able to take those whatever situations that are present to us by Bhagawan as prasada, then we won't be complaining, we won't be murmuring, we won't be judging, we will accept them. But the problem for us is, we want to change others. We don't want to change ourselves, we want to change others. We want to change others, we want to change, want to change the situation around us, we want to change whatever we have as possession, we want to buy a new something new, we want to replace something. Everything we do in the hope of making ourselves happy. But there is a problem, not everything can be changed, and not everything that is changed will also give us happiness. And even if that happiness comes, it's kind of short lived. So, Bhagavan says, Bhagavan says, whatever you do, Wherever there is an option to change, wherever there is an option for you to change and if you think the change will bring you happiness, attempt it. There is no problem in not doing it. Attempt it. Do it. For example, if the children are not behaving properly and you have to advise them, at that time you will have to advise them, you will have to to encourage them, whatever, you have to do those things. At that time we cannot take it for saying that, okay he is like that she is like that this is what i have to accept that is not an option for us wherever whichever situation is available for us to make a change we will have to attempt the change and even after our attempt if situation does not change then we will have to accept it we cannot go around changing people into what they think what they say about others us they might say something bad they might say something good we cannot go around changing what they say what people say it is their choice what i make of it is my attitude and there i i have an uh, i have an option i have a choice in terms of how to take it so once i have this attitude we will be able to accept it we won't have difficulty. If we give something in in good intent to someone and they do not like it or it does not suit them, it doesn't matter. It is what we did, What it is our attitude that counts, we will have to accept it. So we should not be going around thinking that what others might say because of that. What they say it is their choice. What I feel or what I make of it is my attitude. So this is Prasada Buddhi is a very important attitude. And in fact, it is the the principle behind Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga, as you know, has two main principles. One is Ishvara Arpana and second one is Prasada Buddhi. Ishvara Arpana to actually dedicate all our actions to Ishvara. To dedicate all the duties that we are supposed to do as if to do it as if we are doing it for ishwara for our ishta devata that is ishwar Arpana buddhi then prasada buddhi is where we take whatever situation that comes to us as ishvara's prasada so that will give us that will help us to develop this attitude of acceptance the second one is we have to take note of is that anitya buddhi no sorrow lasts forever we have to understand any situation that gives us sorrow we have to remind ourselves that this situation is not going to last forever there will be always times that when we are happy but actually the con- the converse is all, the other thing is also true when we are happy also we should remind ourselves do not get too elated too carried away because this situation also will not last forever bhagavan in chapter 2 will say that agama payano nitya tam Kshasra bharata hai. This, all these um, Sukha Dukkam, shita Ushnam will all keep coming and going. All this pair of opposites will keep coming and they will keep going. What we have to remind ourselves to is Agama paino, They will come and go. All are Anityam. They will not last forever. And therefore, practice titiksha, Thitikshasva Bharata, he will say. So we have to have understand that every situation is a temporary situation. So some people always like to crib that they have in a bad, you know, my life is very bad. My I'm going through uh, there has been nothing that has been good in my life. My life has been always bad. They would want to crib. But what they failed to realize is in between those times. There would be times that they would be they would be happy, they would had nice food, they would have had a nice holiday, whatever. Would have had a nice time, but they would like to still crib. In Tamil we say polambal. And why do people do that? Some people do it out of habit. No, that, that that is natural for many of some of the people That's it's kind of natural to always script when somebody asks how you are. Some people do it to say to sort of not to get an evil eye. They'll say, I mean Parama They say in Tamil they say to ward of the evil eye, they will say always that I am actually not so good. Some people do it for the sake of seeking pity. And some people do it for seeking attention. So, those things are not needed. What we have to do is to accept things. There is none every situation, whether it is going to be sad or happy. Or situations that can give us sukham or dukkham will come and go. We will have to remain equanimous. And this Anitya Buddhi. This feeling that it is can only last for a short time, that buddhi can come out of only Vedanta. It cannot be taught by physics and chemistry and biology and all those sciences. Only when we learn Vedanta, we will be able to understand this, this anitya buddhi knowledge, where we actually do vichara on nitya anitya vastu vivekam, we do. That vivekam will give us this knowledge. Finally, in terms of getting this Samachit tattvam total acceptance helps. Total acceptance is not easy. Total acceptance is nothing but total surrender. Total surrender is Sharanagati. If you are able to surrender totally to Bhagavan, to Ishvara, then there will be no problem for us. There will be no acceptance needed also there will be no rejection also, there will be no feeling of any pain or pleasure. For that person, it is, it is as good as moksha. It is not moksha yet, but it is as good as moksha. But that comes out of a lot of tapas, a lot of sadhanas have to be done to get to a stage where we can say, I have totally surrendered to Bhagawan. Because we always, our ego will not let us surrender totally to Bhagwan. We always think that I am doing it. Bhagwan needs to help me, or or wherever there are times that I even I want to go against Bhagwan's will. So there are this total surrender will not happen. Our desires and our ego will stop us from doing Sharanagati. But once we reach the total total surrender then the acceptance becomes much easier or much simpler. In fact, there is no acceptance needed. There is no rejection also. That state is a high state, spiritual. So, that is the last value, value number 15 in shloka number 11, 8, 9, 10. Now, we will go to shloka number 11. My yogena. yo Bhaktiravya bicharini, Vivik the desha Aratirjana samsadi, My chanyanyanya yo gainer, Bhaktiravya bicharini, Vivik the desha say with samsadi. So value number sixteen. My Chanya Anya Yogena Bhakti Ravya Bicharini This is one full value. This is 16. Value number 16. Mai Chanya Anya Yogena Bhakti Ravya Bicharini In other words, Bhakti. Bhagavan says develop a value called Bhakti. Bhakti means we know devotion. Devotion to who? Bhagavan says, Mayi. Have devotion in me, he says. Mayi. And what sort of devotion? Bhagavan says, Ananya Yogena. Ananya Yogena. Ananya Yogena means without any mix. We say, undivided attention. Without any division. Without any mix. Complete devotion. Total devotion. And how how else should it be? He says, Avya Bicharini. Avya Bicharini means, without any change. It should not have some days on high, some days on low. It should be unswerving, consistently same. That sort of bhakti. So what bhakti? Bhakti to who? Bhakti in Bhagavan. Bhakti to Ishvara. What sort of bhakti? Ananya Yogena without any division. Complete without any mix. And Unswerving. So, so let's go to Yogaha. Anya yoga we saw ananya yogena. Yogaha means joint. Yuj that comes from the root yuj. Yuj means joint. Yogaha means joint or mix or united. Anya yogaha means what? Mixed with other. Anya yogaha means mixed with other. So ananya yogena means what? Not mixed with others. Not mixed with others. In other words, when we are doing bhakti in turn in the form of prartana or in the form of a Japa, then it has to be done with full concentration. The mind has to be fully involved. And avyabhi, avyabhicharini, means, avyabhicharini means that unswerving, that shraddha has to be complete. Some people what happens? They start with some kind of a belief in Bhagawan. There is somebody called Bhagawan, there is somebody called Ishwara or this Ishwara, they have belief in one particular god and then that god does not give them the whatever they are asking for, so they will go to another god. Then they will go for after that another god. So keep changing Bhagawan. And then once, probably for financial reasons, they go for one Bhagawan to another Bhagawan. Once they get the money, they forget Ishwara. They are happy with the money. Then, after money, they after that people go to people. I want people around me, I want power, I want position. So that this keeps going. So, Bhagawan says here it's not like that, have complete Shraddha. That Bhava has to be there, the Bhava has to be fully present. In fact, in the seventh chapter of Gita, Bhagawan is going to actually classify the bhakti itself into four. He will classify the bhakti into Artha, Artha, Jignyasu and Jnani. Bhakti itself has different types of bhakti, he will say. Artha-bhakti are bhaktas or people who come to Ishwara, who come to Bhagawan only when a difficulty comes. So suddenly there is a problem in my life, crisis in life, I immediately catch hold of a Bhagavan i go to the temple i do that puja i do that take that vrata whatever because i want to get over the difficulty bhagwan says that bhag, that kind of bhakti is called as artha bhakti then there are artha artha bhakti artha artha bhakti is where i have i am not in any trouble or anything but i have some desires I want material desires. I want to get promotion. I want to buy a house. I want to get married. I want to have the children settle down. I want to get my children married. All those things come under Arthartha Bhakti. So they do all kinds of Puja, Vrata, Homa, all those things for that. So Bhagavan calls that Bhakti as Arthartha Bhakti. Then there is Jignasu Bhakti. The third level of bhakti, where this bhakta is wants to reach Ishvara. So, in the so reach Ishvara, so in the first two bhakti, Artha 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 Bhakti, the means is Ishvara, the end is something else. The means is Ishvara, the end is the difficulty should go, or I want to fulfill my desire. So the end is not Ishvara, the means are Ishvara. In the Jignyasub Bhakti, the end is also Ishvara. For this bhakta, the sadhyam and the sadhana is both Ishvara. This is the third bhakti Bhagavan says. And then the fourth bhakti Bhagavan says is jnani bhakti. A person who has already attained moksha. For him, there is no difference between him and Ishvara he does not see any difference between himself and Ishwara. So, this is the means-bhakti, the end-bhakti and the self-bhakti. When we love somebody or whatever we love in this world can also be classified into three. We love certain things for they are our the means for something. For example, I love my job or I love my work because it is a means for me to get my money. That is one way of bhakti, one way of love. Or for some people, some people I they love is I love something and for that I am willing to use any means, the means. I want to get that person or I want to have that person in my life, so I am willing to do certain things because my end is, for the sake of the end, I am willing to do certain things. Finally, the self-love is there, self-love is where I love myself. In fact, most of these, if you look at the gradation, the self-love is the highest. If it is between the end and me, I will give away the end. If it is between the end and the means, I will give away the means. So there is gradation in love. In the same way, Bhakti also, there is gradation. artha artha jigna anyani Now when we say Bhakti, devotion, what is Bhakti? Again, Bhakti is a huge topic much misunderstood. We have covered an entire topic session on introduction to Vedanta on Bhakti, but I will just quickly go through small tidbits from there, small summary of that. Bhakti means what? What is Bhakti? Bhakti is how much I know Ishvara. Bhagawan is not to be believed. Ishwara is not for someone's belief. In our culture, in our Sanatana Dharma, Bhagavan is not a matter of belief. God is not a matter of belief. God or Ishwara is a matter of understanding. How much I know Ishwara? So ultimately, when you have to love someone, you have to understand that person. Only then, I'll be. I have to understand at least something before i can love that person and of course once i start loving that person i tend to understand more about that person in the same way if i have to devotion is what devotion is love a love to a higher principle is devotion that's why we say desha bhakti Matra bhakti Pitra bhakti acharya bhakti a love to a, towards a higher principle is bhakti but to love someone i have to know something I have to understand that person. So when I have to have when I have to have bhakti on Ishwara, I have to know Ishwara. Some people even think that you know this Vedanta itself is actually, you know, will push bhakti out of me. Vedanta is philosophy, and they say spirituality, spirituality, and devotion, uh, spirituality and religion is different. It is not true. wrong. Spirituality and religion coexist. In fact, there cannot be a spiritual person without religion. Religion alone does not guarantee you spirituality, but a spiritual person has to be religious as well. So coming back to this Bhakti. Bhakti is knowing that person. In fact, our love for that person is actually measured in how much I know the person. They would say how much you love your spouse, only if you know how, more about the person that you love, only or rather you would try to learn about that person. The more you learn the person, the more you love the person. The more you love the person, the more you will try to understand the person. In the same way for Bhakti as well. And I have to understand Ishwara again. Understanding Ishwara, what is Ishwara? We have done. We have done classes in during the introduction to Vedanta series already. Anyway, we'll be coming through that again in the. Uh, we'll be touching upon them in various topics in Bhagavad Gita also. Now coming back to why bhakti, why do we need? Why do Bhagavan say that bhakti is essential? Bhakti is essential because first and foremost, reason to come out of failures. See, this Vedanta Shastra is a, the, the important teaching that this Vedanta Shastra gives us is not about changing the situation, it is not about changing my financial situation or the possessions that I have or anything of that sort. It is asking us to change our character. It is asking us to change our attitude. Vedanta Shastra does not guarantee you a good job. It does not guarantee you a comfortable life. What it tells you is, how can you be happy? If you take out any other spiritual sadhana, Or I will say in any other, there are other practices that people ask you to follow other than Vedanta Shastra. For example, you have yoga, you have, they say, some people say, go for, um, do dhanam, do uh, this yatra, pada yatra, do that yagam or do that puja for so many days or do that japa. In other places, they just say, just do that. You know, some kind of activity to be performed over a fixed period of time, after which you will get some benefit out of it. That is what all these sadhanas tell us. But in Vedanta, it is not about that. In Vedanta, it says, don't talk ill of others, don't have ego, control your sense organs. So this. And it has to be, it is not to be practiced for a short period of time, it has to be practiced for an entire lifetime. So that's why many people don't like this also. Because it, it, there seems to be no immediate benefit, there is no immediate result that I can see out of it. But this Shastra is about changing our character and attitude in such a way that we are able to live happily. Initially, when we, before coming to this Vedanta Shastra or before we were spiritually inclined, our idea was that the issue was with this world. All the problems that I face is because of the world around me. I didn't have an inclination or we didn't have an inclination to say that there is something that we need to do at our end. We think that we are right, the world is wrong and that's the problem. But now after coming to the Shastras, the more we understand all these values and others, the more we reflect on these things, we understand that there are things that I need to change, there are things that I need to imbibe, there are certain things that I need to leave. So there were times earlier that we have we were doing some certain bad things because we didn't even know that we were doing certain things as bad. We didn't even realize that there were bad things. Even now we may be doing certain bad things after coming to this Vedanta Shastra. That's because it's coming more out of our habit and that we are not able to stop ourselves from doing it. Suppose if we say if we get angry. Now we know, previously we thought that anger is okay. Now we know that Anger is wrong, but I get angry more because it's in my vasana, it's in my habit, but I want to get out of it. So what happens? Now I start facing failures. I want to get out of it, but I am not able to get out of it. I have tried it, I am failing in it. So at that time we become weak. At that time we need some strength to lift ourselves up and that is where bhakti comes in bhakti helps us here. once only if we are fully reveling in bhakti that strength you will be able to feel it that's why i keep saying having an ishta devata getting a connection with the ishta devata talking to the ishta devata is very important being constantly in the thought of ishta devata trying to bring that thought again and again in our mind is very important. Once we are able to establish that connection, we will be able to revel in that. We will be able to feel that connection. We will be able to feel that, that 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 Bhagawan is next to us. He will take care of us. So, this facing failure is, especially in spiritual path, we will face. Because what we have developed as our bad vasanas, our bad habits, it has been across Koti Janmas. Pal- millions of janmas so to change that it's not going to be easy and we will be facing failures we need bhakti the second is bhakti is also needed for emotional strength to to get this jnana to get this atma jnana we need to have emotional maturity and we can what is emotional maturity we can we need to give love if we have but we f- for us to give something we should have received from somebody if we have to give love we should be we should have received love from somebody someone if somebody has not received love at all in their life it is not possible to give them for them if somebody has not forgiven us before it will not be possible for us to forgive others we won't be able to get from people around us also and in our so there has a, there is needs to be a, there are places or things where there could be some emotional void That's why for various Mahans, to fill this gap, you know, these various Mahans, they would take Ishwara or Bhagawan to be their mother, their father, their brother, their sister, their child, to fill that emotional void. So that we are able to receive from Bhagawan that particular value or emotion and we are able to mature ourselves. Some people talk to Ishwara, to their Ishtadevata. It's not wrong. It is actually very healthy. That relationship is very healthy. When we discuss, it is better than discussing with other people. Because when we discuss our issues with other people, they might use it against us. At the most inappropriate moment also. Only Bhagawan, only Ishwara can give us complete and unconditional support. Only He will provide us that unconditional support, but for what? Again, we let say Our devotion should be unswerving. Our division, our devotion should be ananya yogena, should not be divided. So this emotional maturity to gain emotional maturity, bhakti is important. The third reason why we need bhakti is to follow dharma. Dharma has come from Ishvara. So, even for us to follow dharma, we need Ishvara Anugraha. And for us to follow dharma, we know dharma has come from Ishvara, and we will follow dharma. Only if we love and respect Ishwara. Isn't that true With even in our normal lives? If we love someone and that person asks us to bring something or do something for them, we would be more than willing to do them for them. In fact, we will do things that will make them happy because we love them. It could be our father, it could be our grandfather, grandparents, whoever. so whomever we love we do things for them for, for them to make them happy similarly for me to be able to follow dharma i need to love and respect ishvara once i love ishvara once i respect ishvara i'll be able to follow that i have to respect love ishvara love and respect guru because dharma shastra is given by ishvara Ishwara is dharmakarta. And generally speaking, for us, we do not like to follow dharma. Not that we do not like dharma, but we like to follow our desires. And most, may, most many of our desires may not be in line of with, with uh, dharma so the only way we can follow dharma is if we love the person who has instructed it and that is ishvara so bhakti is very important from that angle also initially when we develop when we have just want to establish this connection with ishvara or bhakti the connection will be mild it it will be superficial it will be artificial many people will be thinking or even you might be thinking that I am forcing myself to do these things. It is fine. It is okay. We have to continue to do that. We should make it big. We should make it strong. In fact, there are people who have dedicated their entire life for bhakti. Bhakti is important. So next question, how can I improve my bhakti? the best and most easiest word is satsang satsang is being with other bhaktas trying to be with like minded people who talk about these things reading stories of ishwara of Bhagavan, reading stories of those ishta devata will that is also satsang so that's why we we have lots of those stories because to establish that understanding to know that person to to be able to love that person that's why we have got so many puranas so many stories about various devatas so that we are able to establish that connection the second is understanding ishvara which is vedanta shastra understanding who is ishvara what is ishvara that way we will be able to understand Ishvara, and therefore Bhakti increases. Third is increasing Shraddha. Whatever we do with to Bhagavan, we do it with Shraddha, full, full concentration and full devotion. And fourth is by doing actions, by doing Sadhana, spiritual Adhana, Sadhana. See, just as love has to be expressed to be known as love, Bhakti also has to be expressed. Some people say, I have bhakti in my mind, I don't need to go to temple, I don't need to do this puja. I have in my mind, that is enough. It is wrong, it will never be, you will never be able to cultivate. Bhakti also needs to get reflected as actions. Just as when I say, I love this person, but I don't do anything for this person, it will not be considered as love. In fact, the love will even actually one day diminish and vanish. In the same way, bhakti also. So I have to do these sadhanas. I have to do pratana, I have to do chanting. I have to do dhyanam. I have to do japa. I have to do puja. I need to constantly bring the thought of Ishwara in my mind again and again. All these things, prarthana, japa, going for Padayatra, yatra, doing, going visiting temples, being, having, taking vratas. Meditating, it is all not easy. It's not initially, it will be difficult, but those things should be followed and need to be improved. By doing that, our bhakti will improve. So, this is bhakti, which was the 16th value. Mai Yogena bhaktiravya Rabya The next one is value number 17. Vivikta Desha Sevitvam. Vivikta Desha Sevitvam. Sevitvam means talking to. Talking to. Vivikta. Vivikta means free from free from talking to people. Desha means place. So, Vivitta Desha Sevitpa means get yourself free from talking to people in a place. In other words, seeking solitude. Bhagwan says, look for opportunities to be alone. Seek solitude. Try not to always be surrounded with people. Try always not to be compelled to be, to be around people. Find time to be alone. So Bhagwan uh, says, "Be seek solitude. Adi Shankara, when he actually writes commentary for this, he says, Three things. Free yourself from three things. One, he says, Asuchi Rahitam. Free from any unclean place. If the place is not clean, get away from there. Or you clean, we don't, if you are, the place, if the surroundings can make you, your mind also very dirty. So free yourself from unclean place. He says, Bhaya Rahitam. Where there is fear, you will not be able to concentrate also. So, free from yourself from places which can create you fear. Create fear in the mind. And then third one he says is Janarahitam. Free from yourself from place which has people. And we should also add two more things here. It is not about being alone. Being alone means not watching television or... um, Doing some gadgets is not considered to be seeking solitude. Solitude means sitting, doing nothing, without sleep, and just because I'm alone, so I can can I go to sleep? Is that content, Is that called vivikta desha form No. What about eating? Can I keep eating and then feel that I'm actually alone? No. Sleep is not considered to be alone. The problem for us is if we are alone, we either sleep or eat. Here, it is the attitude is what is important. So it need not be like a place where I am alone totally, totally. It can also be in a place where I don't know most of them, or or I don't know any of them. But of course the. The problem is, wherever I go, I will try to make new friends. I cannot be alone. Whenever I am in a crowd, I will try to look for, whenever I go to a meeting or for a conference or for, for or, or in a function, the first thing we look for is, whom do I know here, so that I can go and talk to that person, so that I do not feel alone. So this is our general tendency. The problem is. Because we think when we are alone, we take it to be an isolation. That's our problem. But Bhagawan says, seek solitude. Try to be alone. Because in old age, whether we like it or not, we will be left alone. We will not have people around us. At all times. We will have to get used to being alone and it is not easy we have to practice that now itself and this being alone is definitely not easy that's why even in 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 um, in criminal law you know what is the punishment that they give most if it's it's a, it's a severe punishment is solitary confinement they put you in a jail without any people you cannot talk to anyone and they put you there. Because solitary confinement is a punishment. It is not easy to follow. But a person who has been able to live alone, it is very good for that person. Seeking solitude is a very good. It will help us spiritually progress. But it is going to be difficult because we will have to tolerate ourselves. So far, we would be blaming others That we are not able to tolerate others, but when we are living alone, when we are alone, we will have to tolerate our mind. Our mind will play a lot of things and we'll have to tolerate our mind. So that's not easy. If we take it willingly and sit separately, sit alone for some time, it becomes a tapas, it becomes a penance, it becomes easy. And why do we need this solitude? to assimilate whatever i have understood to assimilate all these good values i have to reflect i need to time to some time to in solitude and only when i am able to when i'm quiet the values normally that we practice they become our character it needs to settle down all the things that i have learned followed done I will have to give myself some time to settle down just like a pickle jar needs to be left alone and undisturbed for that particular vegetable whatever it has been made that mango or whatever it has to soak and it can taste better only after some time in the same way whatever swadhanas I have been doing throughout the day I have to give it some time to settle down to become my character The second reason why I should be seeking solitude is Viveka. Uh, That Viveka comes only in solitude. This discriminative power that can only come in solitude. Only when I am alone, I will be able to do deep analysis. I will be able to do a logical analysis. I can do some deep thinking. And all these are needed for me to grow. We have to think about why am I here? Who am I? What is the purpose of this life? What is going on? We need to think deeply, logically, to be able to reflect. And third thing, we already saw being independent. When we discussed this, Anabishwangaha, we said we'll have to learn to live, be independent, live, give some others also some space, our our, our we also some space. Because if we are constantly with someone, we get dependent on people. We always think somebody should be there for our emotional crutch. We want always an emotional crutch. We want somebody around us. We should learn to be alone. We should give others also their time to be alone. This actually builds our self-confidence also. These are all superficial benefits. The most important one is understanding oneself. What happens when I am alone, as I said, our mind, the vasanas come out. Our deep subconscious mind comes out. Our real personality will come out when we are alone. We know what sort of a person only when we are alone. Whatever we are when we are around others is a fake personality that we are trying to project to others. Because we want others to see what we want them to see. Our real personality will come only when we are alone. Our deep vasanas will come out. What our mind says. Our mind will make us even talk certain things. And it will make us... At that time when we reflect or even if we write something and then later on actually we take and read what we have thought about in those times, then we can understand ourselves better. The face and the body, if you want to know how it is, the mirror will show us. But for the mind, the mirror is only when we are alone. We will know our real svabhavam, whether we are good, bad, where we are good, where we are bad, only when when we are alone. And what happens? The good is okay. When we get, when we see the good things, we are happy about it. But when we see the bad things, we might get into depression. We might get fear. But whatever it is, it is good to come out because these are all already there in our mind. It has to churn and come out of the system. So, something we have eaten bad, wrong food in our in our lunch or something. It has to come out of the system. In the same way these feelings these bad thoughts or whatever vasanas it has to come out of it has to churn and come out and when it comes out normally it is painful there is a some bit of suffering there but it is better that way whatever when we eat when things come out when we vomit or something there is some pain there is some suffering there is some uncomfortable feeling but it is good to bring that out take that out in the same way when we are alone the mind churns and brings the things out it will be painful but it is good to get that out when I am alone I am myself I don't need to act when I am with other people as when I am with other people as I said we don't want we don't want to be good persons. We want to be known as good persons. So, that feeling will come out once we are alone. In fact, we may not realize, we might have so many complaints about others. That person has got hatred, jealousy, that person is having pride, ego and all those things. But when we do the self-reflection, we will know. Those things will come out of our mind and those are the real enemies. People around us are not our real enemies. The enemies around us are immaterial. The real enemy or friend is our mind. So we have to identify that first, we have to bring that out and the moment we identify itself is half a victory. The problem is we refuse to understand, that we refuse to accept, we refuse to bring that out. So understanding ourselves what our problems are itself is half a victory then of course we will have to work towards eliminating them saying that these are the bad gunas that i have i have to bring it out i have to take it out in yoga shastra it is known as kashayam those dushta gunas that we have it's called as kashayam and that has to come out but one thing to note be careful do not go for full seclusion full seclusion is possible only with only if a person has got good emotional maturity that's why people some people when they take sannyasa, they will not be able to take it because sannyasa is about most of the times living alone it's not easy it's about so whatever we do we'll have to do do it progressively we have to do it for a few minutes and then slowly increase the time Otherwise, it will be counterproductive. So this is value number seventeen. There are the next sloka, and the next values we will see in the next class. Any questions or comments? Uh, yeah, Balaji. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said in solitude you'll get all your vasanas out. So is there a method to do it, or how will it all come out? There must, I mean, some some way to start off. So, the first and foremost is if we actually sit separately, sit alone, without any gadget, without any thoughts, our mind will wander. Our mind will start thinking about people whom we love the most or people whom we dislike the most or it will start wandering around. The thing is, every few minutes we will have to initially, for the first few sessions, maybe we will have to let it go. But after a few sessions we'll have to start pausing ourselves to say where is my mind going? What is it thinking? So at that time it's better to note down certain things, points on where my mind is going, how my mind is thinking. And then later on try to take it and understand as to what my thoughts in my mind, what are the thoughts in my mind? What do what kind of thoughts do I get in my mind? Whether these are good thoughts, noble thoughts, bad thoughts, what kind of vasanas I have, what kind of negative qualities I have, what kind of things I have to improve on. Initially, for the first few sessions, allow some time to be alone. Do not try to judge yourself. It is not, these sessions are not for judging ourselves, these sessions are not to feel bad about ourselves. These sessions are only for us to understand ourselves. And we have collected a lot of those thoughts and vasanas over millions of janmas. So it's not easy, it's not need there is no need to feel bad about things. It is there, it is there. We just need to work on it. Yeah, and any anything like how long we need to sit through this or any particular time. I mean initially it can start with say 5 minutes and then slowly it can go up to half an hour, 45 minutes, but we have to slowly start. It can go up to even an hour, but initially start with 5 minutes, do nothing, allow it. The the moment we think that we cannot take it anymore, stop it. I am not able to stay alone for longer than this. I will have to go to a place where there are people around me, stop it. But try to stretch it slowly. Okay, so is this like a... Does it uh, merge with meditation then? It is not meditation. Meditation comes afterwards. Because what happens when we sit in meditation, you are supposed to remove thoughts and focus on certain things. If we are... The only time that we can focus on certain things is when my mind is calm. When in a meditation... When during meditation, I am supposed to be in a calm place, secluded place. I am alone. I am sitting. And I am trying to... Take my thoughts to a particular Ishta Devata or a particular um, an object, then what happens? My mind keeps wandering. It is not able to stay on that place for beyond a second or a minute. If I am able to do it even for 30 seconds, it will be a big achievement initially. So, as we kind of do this. You know, practice solitude. We will see that the meditation also will be much better, because once we will be able to control our mind. We know we can start understanding our mind better. We know how our mind functions, and we can slowly do even meditation better. Okay, is so it better to have someone to? teach us or lead us through the solitude or can we do it the Solitude is, is about real solitude. There are of course guided meditation. Guided meditation where uh, the person actually tells you what to do. So he will say close your eyes, bring your thought to that. So he will give some things like for example he will take a particular deity and then say Okay, we are going to that particular. It can be an action, like you say, we are going to that particular temple, we are going to that particular murti, we are doing an abhisheka there, the flowers are being put. So, it is about imagining certain things to ensure that the mind does not wander. So, that is guided meditation, and then within that guided meditation, also there are multiple levels. But for being in solitude, it's really being in solitude. It is for us to know ourselves. Okay, thank you. Okay, any other point or questions? Okay, if not, we'll see in the next class. Om pur namada pur namidam pur naad pur namodachchate purna sya pur namada sya pur nameva om shanti shanti shantihi स्वस्ति प्रजाबिया परिपाल यंता म्याये नमार्गेन मही मही शाह गोब्रा मनेब्यों शुबमस्त नित्यम लोका समस्ता सुकिनों भांतु अर्यों स्री गुरुब्यों मां कि